0: Well, welcome once again to the house of the Lord. It's great to be in His presence this morning with His people. You know we serve a trustworthy God, the one who is, in fact, worthy of trust, worthy of our trust. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. In Him there is no shadow of turning. He's a God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright as He. You know, in light of all He's done, in light of who He is and who we've come to know, why the struggle and why the fight, why the resistance and why the onslaught against complete trust in Him? and we know it's real the call for the Christian the standard is that we would be those that have confidence in the Lord that we would be confident in him trusting in him fully and completely trusting in him it puts boldness in us and it settles us in security We read scriptures like Psalm 9, verse 10, Those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Hebrews 13, verse 5, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Maybe you need to hear those words today. And to utter those words today, Trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord in all circumstances, in all situations, trust in the Lord today and trust in the Lord for tomorrow. Psalm 37 5, commit your way to the Lord that is roll off onto, trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. Psalm 62, verse 8, trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. The words of A.W. Pink, Satan is ever seeking to inject that poison into our hearts to distrust God's goodness especially in connection with His commandments. That is what really lies behind all evil, lusting, and disobedience. A discontent with our position and portion. A craving from something which God has wisely held from us. Reject any suggestion that God is unduly severe with you. Resist with the utmost abhorrence anything that causes you to doubt God's love and His loving kindness toward you. Allow nothing to make you question the Father's love for His child. It matters not the means He uses this ever-seeking to inject. From the beginning, the enemy of souls seeking to inject that poison into hearts, that humanity, that humankind would distrust God's goodness, that they would question God's goodness. Genesis 3, verses 1 to 5, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. Of which they did both. Lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You know what he was basically saying? The enemy, the serpent, God's holding out on you. He's not being truthful with you. He's keeping you in the dark. He's holding back on you. He's holding you back. The voice reads, die. No, you'll not die. God is playing games with you. The truth is that God knows the day you eat the fruit from that tree, you will awaken something powerful in you and become like him, possessing knowledge of both good and evil. God's playing games? No. The devil is. The living Bible, that's a lie the serpent hissed, and I wonder this morning, is he hissing now in your ear? God's holding back on you. He's not being truthful with you. He's keeping you in the dark. God's holding you back. Satan is ever seeking to inject that poison into our hearts to distrust God's goodness especially in connection with His commandments. People of God, we must reject any suggestion. Resist with the most utmost abhorrence. Allow nothing to make us question His love for us. Psalm 118, verse 9, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. This certainly applies to the prince of the air prince of this world jesus said these words john chapter 14 verses 30 and 31 the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me but that the world may know that i love the father and as the father gave me commandment so i do The message paraphrased, the chief of this godless world is about to attack, but don't worry, he has nothing on me, no claim on me, you know, let let it be so with us. But so the world might know how thoroughly I love the Father, I am carrying out my Father's instructions right down to the last detail. The enemy's after us. The enemy came. The devil came after the Son of God. Well, he lived life on this planet. The enemy came. Seeking to inject that poison into his heart. Read Matthew 4 concerning the tempting of Jesus. Concerning us, Ephesians 2, verses 1 and 2. And you He made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. There is poison in unregenerate man. In fact, it's something bred in the bone. Charles Spurgeon said there are two sins Of men that are bred in the bone and that continually come out in the flesh one is self-dependence and the other is self-exaltation this plight this wickedness this wretchedness is a result of the poison the serpent injected into the hearts of Adam and Eve self-dependence self-exaltation remember the injection We've already read it. I already read it to you. God is playing games with you. The truth is that God knows the day you eat the fruit from that tree, you will awaken something powerful in you and become like Him. All they took and they ate, and something powerful was awakened, all right. A hell of a thing. Shall we trust in the deception of the enemy? The poison he's seeking to inject into our hearts at some point, at some time, during some season. You can't trust God. He's holding out on you. It's holding you back. Jeremiah 17, verses 5 to 8. And before we read it, I ask, shall we trust in the flesh? Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Concerning flesh, whose flesh will we trust in? Our trust must be in the flesh of the Son of God and in His power to create us anew, a new creation, a new man, old things, passed away, born again, clothed in a new manner, a new flesh. We're talking about trust today. Where is our trust? In what are we trusting? In whom are we trusting? Philippians 3, verses 1 to 3. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh Isaiah 36 verse 6 look you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed Egypt on which if a man leans it will go into his hand and pierce it so is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all who trust in him our trust is in the flesh of the Son of God. This is the basis of Christianity. This is how we get in. (laughs) Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Father has done in His Son and through His Son. Look what Jesus has done for us. He came to earth. He lived to die for us, to rescue us from sin, from death. From waywardness, from rebellion, from disobedience, from the enemy of our souls. And we come to trust in Jesus as our Savior. We have a moment, we have an encounter with Him where we pray a prayer. We acknowledge we need help. We cry out that He would save us and rescue us. And we utter words like, Lord, lead. We answer His call, follow me. And we begin to walk, and the journey begins. We've trusted in Christ. we know that the enemy comes to inject poison into us, that along the way, as situations arise, circumstances arise, perhaps a season of disappointment or a season of perceived opportunity, an opportunity we might declare is of the Lord, The enemy comes to inject poison that we would not trust God. You can't trust him. He's holding out on you. He's keeping you in the dark. He's holding you back. Our trust is in the flesh of the Son of God, this is where it begins. 2 Corinthians 5, 13 to 20, For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of a sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judged thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled himself The words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the real difference in the believer who follows Christ and has mortified his will and died after the old man in Christ is that he is more clearly aware than other men of the rebelliousness and perennial pride of the flesh. He is conscious of his sloth and self-indulgence and knows that his arrogance must be eradicated. Hence, there is a need for daily self discipline. we got to keep our guard up, people. Please remember this morning as we're bringing it all together that Satan is ever seeking to inject that poison into our hearts to distrust God's goodness. He will continue to come, and he will continue to use whatever means necessary. He will come with suggestion, seeking even the smallest injection site We read words in the word of God like Ephesians 4.27, nor give place to the devil. I know the context of the text, yet surely it applies. It speaks to this. The Amplified Bible, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. The NLV, do not let the devil start working in your life. We know He comes with thoughts. We know He comes with suggestions. God's playing games with you. We have to act quick. Second Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal of the flesh but mighty in god for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of christ necessary precision give no place to the devil no foothold to the devil Don't let them start working in your life. You know, often footholds lead to strongholds. Got to keep our guard up. When that enemy comes, however he comes, whatever the means, we must act quick. Jesus acted quick. Let's read it today, Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You know, perhaps you're in that season right now, you're being tempted. You know, Jesus had just come out of the waters of baptism. We didn't have water baptism too long ago. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now the tempter came to him. He said, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. What do we see here? The enemy kept coming, even after the Son of God, saying, For it is written, twisting and perverting using scripture. We must keep quoting the pure word. Let it be noted here that we need the word of God. And we need to know the word of God. What he has said. So that when the enemy comes. We know when he's twisting and perverting. When he's seeking to inject poison into us. You know, George Whitfield said, God has condescended to become an author, and yet people will not read his writings. There are very few that ever gave this book of God, the grand charter of salvation, one fair reading through. The enemy would love a generation that is biblically illiterate, that does not know the text, or only knows a paraphrase that does not know what God said because then it's it's easier for him to stroll in to inject poison well galatians 2:20 i have been crucified with christ It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Concerning our flesh and our fleshly ways, the flesh must be crucified. For the enemy will come to seek an occasion to find an injection site in our flesh to find a weakness in our flesh, a waywardness in our flesh. That's why we must remain. It must remain crucified. Such beautiful words that we've already read. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. I share these words today. Moses truly was a man touched by God, supernaturally called and full of revelation about who God was. He was humble, pious, and burdened for the honor of God. He was permitted to know guidance as few other men have known, as he loved God and grieved over the sins of the people. In spite of all this, Moses did not know of the leprosy in his own bosom. And the Lord said, furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand into thine bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow, Exodus 4.6. What terror to reach into your own bosom and touch leprosy. What an object lesson on the utter depravity of the flesh. Was God indulging in a little magic with Moses? No. This was a powerful lesson the man of God must learn. It was God's way of saying to his man, when self is in control, you end up hurting people and bringing reproach on my work. When you attempt to do my work in spectacular fleshly ways, you minister death, not life. God was declaring, I cannot use the old nature from Egypt. It cannot be transformed. It will always be leprous. There must be a new man, one caught up in the glory and power of the I am. Moses was commanded to put his leprous hand back in his bosom. He put his hand back into his bosom and plucked it out. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. Stretching forth, the hand represents ministry. What is leprosy but sin? Hidden, unexposed, unforsaken sin. What happens when a man of God gets on holy ground? His inner soul is exposed. His deepest hidden sins are brought to light before his eyes. And he is driven to the tender mercies of Christ for healing and restoration. Thank God for that second sanctifying touch, the cleansing moment when by faith the old flesh is crucified and the hand of ministry is purified. When we are once again clothed in the proper flesh, his flesh, thank God we can rejoice in the cleansing by the precious blood of Christ. What did the Apostle Paul say concerning confidence in the flesh? Well, we've read some of it. Philippians 3, 1-9, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord, for to me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but is safe for your sake. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these things I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And now count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness, which is from God by faith. In light of who he is, and in light of all he's done, you know, we can trust him. Fully trust him. We trust Him at the point of salvation, that the gospel message is real, that Jesus did indeed come and live in the flesh and die, and our trust is in that. And as we walk with Him, we must continue to keep up our guard. We must deepen in the relationship, come closer to Christ. Must trust fully in Him. Let's have the worship team return today. Psalm 20, verses 7 and 8. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. For they have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. You know, children play this game. Trust fall. Trust fall is an activity in which a person deliberately falls, trusting a member or members of a group to catch them. An exercise meant to increase confidence between people. You know, I pray that when we leave this place today, we know without a shadow of a doubt that we can trust him. And he won't let us fall. Psalm 121, verses three to five, God's word translation, he will not let you fall. Your guardian will not fall asleep. Indeed, the guardian of Israel never rests or sleeps. The Lord is your guardian. The Lord is the shade over your right hand. I don't know what you came in here today with. Are you in need of peace? Get into the word. Read his word, Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. What concerning fear? Psalm 56, verse 3. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Fear of evil tidings. Psalm 112, verse 7. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. The Amplified, he will not fear bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting, confidently relying on and believing in the Lord. We know the enemy continues to come. The Voice Bible, they will not be afraid when the news is bad because they have resolved to trust in the eternal it has been stated and rightly said, let us renew our trust in God and go forward without fear. I believe this with all my heart, Psalm thirty-two, ten. But he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Perhaps you're in the midst of something, headed into something. There's just a lot of questions. You know the circumstance, you know the situation, or perhaps the season you're in and the enemy's coming to you right now. You're one who has trusted in the Son of God. You're saved. You've trusted in the Lord as the days have God, on in your life, as you've walked with him, you've known his faithfulness, but the enemy's coming to you in this season, this particular moment, seeking to inject poison into you, that you would distrust God. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. All things, all seasons, all times, work together for good. Can we rest in this? Charles Spurgeon said we cannot always trace God's hand, but we can always trust God's heart. We can trust Him in all things and for all things. I want to encourage us here today. Trust Him for provision as we seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Trust Him in finances as we take His way, tithes, offerings, and alms. Isn't it true? We can trust Him for a lot of things, and then the word comes trust God with your finances, and the enemy comes. Are you sure you can trust Him with your finances? This is just one example of how the enemy works. And what would the enemy seek to inject into us, to whisper into us? The devil says God's robbing you. No, we'd be robbing God according to the Word. We need to trust the Lord in relationship as we hold to what is right. We know as youth are going through those years... Uh, You know, and they're trying to find their way in life, relationships and all that. God has his way with relationships for a purpose and for a reason. We can trust the Lord, but the enemy comes. God's holding not on you. God's holding you back. Trust him with our families and our children as we lead and govern according to his design. Reject any situation. You know where the enemy would come and bring suggestion. Reject any suggestion otherwise. Reject with the utmost abhorrence anything that causes you to doubt God's love and his loving kindness toward you. Allow nothing and no one to make you question the Father's love for his child. Let's stand in the house of the Lord today. Perhaps there's someone here today or more than one, and you do not know Jesus Christ. You haven't surrendered your life to him. I want to ask today, whose flesh are you going to trust in? Yours are the flesh of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you, who died on the cross for you, crucified for you. Please hear the truth today. Your flesh can't beat death. Your flesh is sick, decaying, and is by nature dead. It will lead from death to death, not life to life, for only Jesus Christ can lead in such a manner. You know what this life really is? Billy Graham said these words, Time is the dressing room of eternity. In the few fleeting days of life on this planet, we are given the opportunity to prepare for eternity. Don't leave this place today without surrendering your life to Jesus. As we lift up this course in closing, the altar is open if you need prayer today. Lord, we trust in you. Lord, strengthen our resolve today. Lord, we know the enemy comes to seek to sow into us distrust that we would not trust you for certain things, oh God, and in certain things. But Lord, we declare today that our trust is in you. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, oh God. Our oh God I'll never said. Our God never said.